Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. This theme, Raise the Standard. You can see on this picture here, there's a ship. And uh, this whole theme is kind of built around the imagery of in the Iron Age, when ships like this used to sail the sea, they would raise these flags called standards. The flag that they would raise would be called a standards. And, and at different times, they'd raise different flags. So, you know, as they're crossing different borders or going into different waters, a different flag would be raised. Um, I used to play a computer game called Sid Ma- uh, Sid Meier's Pirates or something like that. And, and you'd like raise different flags at different times because you, didn't, you had certain alliances with certain people. And, and the, the, the standard represented who you represented. Right. It represented the power or the authority that was backing you as a naval vessel or as a pirate ship. Like pirates, they'd raise different standards and be like, hey, we're with the, uh, we're with the English. And so the English would be like, oh yeah, come on over. Yeah, we want to change. And then suddenly they'd change the standard when they got close enough and all of a sudden it's piracy, you know. Um, but for us as Christians, we're talking around this theme because we have standards over our life. There are things that we get to hoist over our life and say, you know what, this is the standard or this is the message or this is who I represent or this is who comes before me and whose authority that I walk in. Um, And so for us, that's the Holy Spirit here today. The age that we live in in the church is the age of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to specifically focus in tonight on raising the standard of prayer. There is nothing more spiritual and yet more natural for us as Christians and believers than prayer. It is our bread and butter. It is the very power in which we operate in. It should be the default standard over our life. And so I want to really have a look at that tonight and really just maybe, not maybe, definitely, hopefully give you some keys that you can walk away with. I can't, look, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, all right? So I can, I can give you the word, but if you're going to take the keys, it's up to you. But that's what, I'm, I'm, it's, it's there to be for the taking. So let's, let's do this tonight. Um, listen, you might be here tonight and uh, you're, you're not, you don't go to church. Maybe you're here as a guest and thank you for being with us tonight. We're so glad you're here. Um, and what we're talking about tonight is something that's obviously like could be deemed as internal, like just internal talk, like prayer is a Christian thing. But you might actually be curious about prayer. Like, does it actually work? And does if there is a God, which we believe there is, does he hear you? These are some questions you'll get answered tonight. And for the Christian here tonight, some things that you might want to know is, you know, like we all feel that burden of I should pray more, right? Like I'm a pastor and I feel that burden, let alone everybody else who might be like, man, I need to pray more, you know? Um, and so how should I view prayer and what does that look like? What is it? Um, and more importantly, how do I approach God? Like as a Christian, how do I approach God? Um, and so I'm hoping that by the end of our, the next 24 minutes and 51 seconds, that we will have those questions answered and you, you'll feel better equipped to pray um, as, it's a, as it's a standard over your life um, and pray with the authority and the, the, the confidence that God is with you, that he hears you, that, that prayers are real um, and they move things not only in this ethereal spiritual world, but here in the natural world as well. And so let's, uh, for the title of my message, it's called Let's Pray. And with that in mind, let's pray. Father God, I thank you that right now the most crazy thing is taking place, that I'm speaking words that you designed me to speak and yet you hear me. Not out there where I can't touch you, but God, you're here in our midst and you're close and you know. God, even before the words leave my lips right now, you know what I'm going to ask for. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be present in our midst. 
that everybody hearing my voice tonight would not hear me, but hear you. And we would walk away tonight knowing that prayer is effective, it is powerful, it works, and that you hear us, God. In your mighty name I pray, amen. I'm not the most administratively gifted person. Um, Pastor Sam can testify to that. Um, working with him for a long time now, is, it's probably one of the constant drags that he's constantly trying to be like, come on, Dan, admin, admin. And I'm like, come on, can I give that to somebody else? Um, but, I, but I have a system for certain things. Um, my emails, for example, there's just plenty of folders. I just, you know, dock things. Uh, it, I have the system where, like, if I need to still do it, it stays as unread. Um, and everything else that I've done or don't need to worry about or want to forget about goes into red. Um, And then when I've sorted things out, then I document and put them in different folders and stuff so I can refer to them back later. Now, on my phone, you'll, you know, the little pop thing comes up with how many emails you... I remove that because that just stresses me out. I don't want to know that there's at any one time... like, Like, if I get to 50, I'm in trouble. Like, I'm feeling the mass pressure of just an inbox that's screaming at me going... Do something! Um, and I'm just looking at my phone going, mm, no. Nah. Um, uh, but my wife, on her phone, with her many subscriptions, uh, she's already like, don't say it, um, has like this little number on the top of her mailbox that says like, at the moment I think it's like 1,400 and something like that, right? Right. I don't, yeah, shame on you. <laughs> That's not even the worst part. I think at one point it said 6,400 something. Like, and she like, I was like, babe, what is going on? And she's like, fine, fine, I'm gonna, gonna get on top of it. I'm gonna get on top of it. And she just went through this massive, she's just subscribed to all these different things that she just doesn't even read anymore. You know, like, she's just like, Toys R Us. They went out, at, like they're, they're gone, but she's still getting emails from them. Like, um, she, and, but I think when we look at something like that, I think a lot of us view God like that. Like, do you remember that scene in Bruce Almighty when he gets, like, God's powers, but then everything starts going in his head, and he's like, God, what the heck is this? And God's like, oh, that's all the prayers. And he's like, of the whole world? And he goes, no, it's just like this one street in Buffalo. And he's just like, oh, my gosh. And so he, like, tries to find this system. And anyway, I think we, we view God like that sometimes. Like, when we pray, it's like it goes into this mass inbox of God's, and there's just, like, constant unread prayers because, like, you're looking around and wow. seeing God move is sometimes this, like, there's pop-ups of little things that happen occasionally or you hear testimonies of some, but then you look at your life and you're like yeah maybe maybe my, maybe my emails went to spam you know like maybe my prayers went to the junk inbox part and you're like hey god god are you even like do you hear me like do you am i getting through is this like making sense you know there's a story that when uh, bill gates when the internet was fresh like not in our generation, but like years ago. Bill, Bill Gates is obviously leading the charge with Microsoft. Um, and his email address got um, published in the New Yorker. And uh, within a day, he had like some thousands of emails. Just to, And he had to create this system where his emails got filtered and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And I think sometimes we feel like that a little bit, that our, that our emails get filtered in regards to what actually gets through to God and like, did we pray that right or were they with the right words? Like there's this, con- like, I don't know about you, but I feel a constant struggle sometimes of like, man, did I say that right? Was, uh, was it like one knee down, or like two knees, like hands clapsed? Or, like, am I doing this right? Is this like how it goes? Like prayer can be this such a, 
it's like this thing, it's like, where do we address this from exactly? Like, how do I come at this? And, and I don't think that's how God intended it to be. I don't think prayer was like this thing that God said, hey, you guys should pray more and just left it out there and be like, there you go, figure it out, you know? And so I, I, I went to scripture and uh, I wanted to have a look at just exactly some of the things that God said about prayer um, and seeing what he said about us in relation to prayer, um, we need to make sure that we don't see God as this inbox like God who's like filtering prayers. We need to make sure that our understanding of God, uh, you, you see, the way we understand God or the way we picture God will determine our prayer life. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we see God as the inbox God or maybe the angry God who's up in heaven just making sure you don't have fun or, or however your, whatever your view of God is, will determine your prayer life. So if you see God as, uh, as a father who loves you, you're going to come to God in a particular way. But if you see God as an angry CEO who, you know, you just do, has permanently got this do not disturb sign on his wall and then on his door, you're going to be hesitant to knock on his door and be like, hey God, like I, I know I've got cancer right now, but like, do you have a couple of spare like healings up your sleeve? Like, we're, that's not the God that we serve. So we have to make sure that we have a proper view of God and prayer to make sure that our prayer life and our relationship with God align in the way that it should go. You know, Jesus, Jesus actually changed the game on prayer. Uh, before the, the New Testament, there's the Old Testament. Um, mind blown. <laughs> that's, that's important for someone tonight, all right? Um, but in the Old Testament, prayer was ritual. It was reciting these, these things that prophets had said or it was reciting these um, moments in time when, when a great man of God or a great woman of God had done something and, and they'd replay these moments over and over again. Um, but Jesus comes onto the scene and, and he begins to move in his earthly ministry and he changed the game, like so much so. Before in the Old Testament, God was referred to with reverence and, and revered and, and, and approached with, with, a, um, with trepidation really because um, there was instances in the Bible where, where people had come to God in, in um, unworthy states and had ended up dead. And so Jesus, but Jesus comes onto the scene and starts instructing his people, his disciples and those who are listening to him to refer to God as Father. Wow. Like, like in the Jewish culture, this is just like, what? whoa, like borderline on blasphemy. Like, what are you, what? I can come to God as, you, you want, he, he said in, uh, let, let's read it in Matthew chapter six, verse five. Um, this is Jesus teaching on prayer and this, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount uh, which is probably one of the most famous uh, moments with Jesus teaching and this is what he says he says uh, when you pray notice he didn't say if you pray that's just a little side note but when you pray do not be like the hypocrites who love to, be pray, uh, to pray standing in the synagogues or on the street corners so that they can be seen by man I tell you the truth they've received their reward um, but when you pray, go into the room, close the door, and pray to your father. Who is it? Who, pray to your father. It's like, wait, what? Like we're talking about God, right? We're talking about the same person, and and he's just like, yeah, pray to your father. So he's just beginning to shift the paradigm, beginning to shift the way they view God, so that they can their prayer life can be shifted as well. So he says, uh, pray to your father who sees what is done in secret and will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, uh, for they like to be heard because they think they will be heard for their many words. Uh, but do not, uh, but do not like, 
be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Ready? He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or some translations say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then some translations add on to that. Uh, For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus begins just shifting the paradigm straight away in regards that people approach prayer. Because he knows and he understands that if, if we have a people who are praying and they have a proper view of God then their prayer life is going to align with what God's heart is and they're going to see more answers to prayer, right? And so he begins shifting that paradigm. Uh, Matthew 7, uh, verse 7 to 11 says this. It says, do not judge. Uh, No, sorry, that's, I mean, that's what it does say. That's 7, verse 1. But 7, verse 7 says this. Ask and you will be uh, given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. Which of you, if he has a son asking for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's just shifting the paradigm. This is in the same message. Like, he was started on prayer, but he just like, hey, can I go back to the Father thing? Like, you should ask, and you should seek, and you should find. And I want to invite to the stage uh, Mark Eslick, who leads our, um, our growth track. And such a significant part of our church. Come on, can I grab a mic, Jarrett? Is that all right? This is unplanned by anyone who's planning things. This is just between me and Mark. So everyone who's like, like Shakin is like, what is he doing on stage? <laughs> You've got three kids. Yes, I do. You, do you love them? I do. Most of the time? <laughs> all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Good, go. good, good, good. And that now, was off the cuff. Which and that was off the cuff, yeah. No. We, I said, he's like, do you, can you send me any questions? I'm like, no, nah, we'll just do it off the cuff. He's just like, okay. Um, do you have a favourite? No, you don't have to answer that. Um, depends what day. It <laughs> depends what day. It's, it is you, Hannah Mae. He told it me. It is you, Poppet. Uh, now, if, you're, if your children want something from you... <laughs> hold up, hold up. <laughs> it, oh, would, I'll answer from over here. That's all good. <laughs> so you... Like, if your kids wanted something, would, would you give them one of those? Yes. <laughs> no longer the favourite, Hannah Mae. <laughs> Matthew, you're not my favourite. <laughs> Done. All right, that's cool, that's cool. Perfect, you can sit back down. That's, that, that's all I need. <laughs> Did you see that? That's... I can't believe I knew in advance that this was a risk to my friendship with Mark, but for the sake of you getting an illustration of the Word of God in action, this is what I needed to do. And I love you, Mark, and I never put you in real-life danger at all, okay? I promise you. <laughs> I, what did you... Never mind. Um, I probably don't want to hear it anyway. But no good father is going to take a snake like that and give it to their kids. Like, as much as the kid might be like, yeah, I want the snake... We being people who, how do I put this, aren't perfect. You know, we're not good all the time. We, we have moments. I, I, I'm just being a parent, being real. It's been about five years and a little bit longer than that. And uh, I haven't nailed the parenting thing just quite yet. I still sometimes yell at my son. I still sometimes just like don't understand why he wakes me up before five o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, but there's never been a time where I wanted to be like, you know, what? I'm going to put a scorpion under your pillow. You know, like... I, I, I'm going to shove a serpent 
under the bed just for kicks and giggles, you know, like there's never been a time like that. And yet the Bible describes that me being evil, being able to give good gifts to Benaiah, God's so much bigger than that. God's so much better than that. In fact, him as a father is so much more perfect than that. And if we can shift our mindset, if we can shift our believing, if we can shift our understanding of God to see him like that, to see him as he is properly. Listen, the Bible says that he's the greatest father in every possible situation, in every possible circumstance. We need to make sure that we don't impose upon him our earthly understanding of either our fathership, our fatherly relationships, our other relationships, whether it's with our parents or, or grandparents. Or, or In fact, we shouldn't impose upon God anything that the Bible doesn't say about him. Through, even, that's, even through our own experience. And that goes for unanswered prayer. Like just because you haven't received what you've been praying for doesn't mean that God hasn't heard you and doesn't mean that it's not on the way. There's a story in Daniel where where he prays and an angel appears three weeks later and says, the moment you prayed, I was on my way. But in the spiritual realm, I had to battle this prince and this this stronghold area to get through to you. So we don't actually know what's going on. But if our perception of God changes during that three week period, for example, and we stop praying, what happens? What, 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 what would have taken place maybe in Daniel's situation? What, I mean, how much, one of my favorite books is a book um, called Piercing the Darkness, or actually two of them is called This Present Darkness or Piercing the Darkness by Frank Preddy. And it, they're fictional books, but they describe the spiritual realm as the results of um, good and evil, you know, angels versus demons and all these things. And th- th- there's, there's principalities battling over towns and cities and regions. And, and, and it, it just like it, in the way my head works, this is how the supernatural realm works. But it always comes back to the prayer of the saints. It always comes back to a praying church. And it starts with a one little itty bitty old lady who's just faithfully there in a church. And then a pastor starts to stir up the congregation. And, and then, you know, I don't want to give the story away, but, you know, we win in the end. But, you know, like it all depends on the saints praying. We as a church, we as the people of God are mandated. It is our breath. It should be the very thing that we, in and out, prayer. Because there are angels right now dependent upon us to say, hey, God, we need an open heaven over Redcliffe right now. Hey, God, we need an open heaven in my high school right now. Hey, God, in my family, I need prayers to be answered in regards to healing, restoration of relationships, people to come into salvation. But, and there are angels just waiting, saying, say the word, God, say the word. We want to do this. This is your will. But if our view of God is, uh, I wonder if he even hears me. What's the point? Maybe I'll just keep this prayer internal today. Maybe I'll just, maybe, in fact, maybe I'll just keep it as wishful thinking. Then nothing happens. And we, we, we find ourselves in a position where we're, where we're a church of people who gather together with no power. Because prayer is our power. Prayer is that standard that we raise above ourselves and say, you know what, no matter what we war against, you know, if we're on that ship and we're going to war, no matter what comes our way, if we lift up that standard of prayer, it is the very basis and foundation of everything that we do. Prayer is our position with God to enact His will on the earth. Yeah. It, it is our partnership. It's, where we, it's the one point that God said, you know what? Let's work together. I've got a will, He says. I've got this great, fantastic plan. His character is good, perfect. It, it, it is wanting to bless and pour out abundance. And He says in this moment, for you to have all the things I have for you, all I need you to do is open your mouth and pray. All I need for you is to stand in faith and believe that, it, that, that what is possible in heaven could be possible here on earth as well. That's why Jesus said, you know, um, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we have a church that, that isn't praying. I mean, not our church, but there are churches out there. We're a praying church. We're, we're a gospel-believing, spirit-filled, pray for the sick, see them healed, believe in the miracle-working power of God. We're a church like that. And we hear that time and time again, week after week, testimony after testimony. And we only give one in that brief moment. Like we get, like there is locations all over the world where testimony after testimony comes in of moments where we declared the goodness of God, where we stood in the gap and we believed. We stood in position and partnership with the Holy Spirit and said, hey, Holy Spirit, I know your, your heart is to heal. I've got a need or I know of a need. I'm going to pray for you to move in that need. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll move in that need. And miracle after miracle takes place. We as the church, we need to be a praying people. We need to continually come back to the standard of prayer being lifted up in our house, being lifted up in our church, being lifted up in our home. You know, I would love it that for us as a people, our first response is, let's pray. Hey, did you hear about that bill that's being passed in Parliament? Hey, let's pray. Hey, did you hear about that thing that's happened in that high school? Hey, let's pray. Hey, did you hear about that situation with that family over in the wherever? Hey, let's pray. Hey, we want to see more teenagers brought into our youth ministry and more of our teenagers going out to spread the gospel in our high schools. Okay, let's pray. There's a story of Billy Graham before he was known the way he is as America's pastor and one of the best evangelists of our, of our time. Um, seen millions of people come to know Jesus Christ and, and billions have heard his messages. But the story goes that when he was in seminary, he'd, he'd gather with a group of friends and they would plead for hours on a hill. God, would you give us souls? God, would you give us America? God, would you, would, just, would you open heaven? Would you give us a spirit inside of us that would never let us rest until we found one more, until we'd spoken once more of your goodness as we, as we reached into our world one more time? It started in prayer and the result was that years later, continuing to pray all the way through, millions I mean, what would come alive in us, in our region, as a church, as you and I, just the people in here, but our church is so much bigger than what's represented before me today. But if we prayed, what if the moment when we're doing transition between worship and into, you know, the speaking starts of things and Jared's leading that moment or Pastor Sam or Caroline or whoever's leading this moment and they say, come on church, would you pray? And the response is a roar of faith that comes forth because we know that when the standard of prayer is lifted up, miracles take place. That we stand in partnership with God and heaven opens up and says, resource, ready, angels, ready, let's go. And the people go, hey God, I've, I've got a marriage that's in a situation. Go, health to that. Hey God, I've got a financial situation. There's this bill. Hey, resource for that. People and angels and, and the Spirit of God is moving at a, at, at a whim because we have a people in a church that says, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to lift up the standard of prayer. We're going to lift it up. Certain things will only happen in our life when we pray. Which tells me that there are things happening that are not happening in our life because we don't pray. We need to be a people that say, hey, you know what? We're going to pray. Prayer is powerful and it's for every believer. James chapter 5 verse 13 to 18 says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone sick? Let them call to the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered up in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned and they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray with each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
the prayer of a righteous, and you might be saying, well, Dan, I'm not a righteous person. Well, actually, if you know Jesus, it says that you've been given his righteousness and you are completely righteous right now as you stand. I know you sinned maybe five minutes before you came here because you were speeding to get here. That's fine. So was I. But I'm righteous, not because of my deeds, but I'm righteous because I'm in Christ. And the same is for you. So when Jared does get up and say, hey, we're going to believe that our warfare is not done in the natural, it's done in the supernatural, I can stand in faith and be like, hey, God, would you forgive me for speeding? And also, I believe right now for the supernatural power of God to move. And I believe right now for heaven to open. And I can stand and know that it's powerful and effective. Listen to this. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years. Again, he prayed and the heavens opened up, gave rain and the earth produces crops. Now, Elijah's one of these crazy prophets that just, you know what? God, I'm going to call down fire from heaven. And fire came down from heaven. Like, and he didn't sit there for a 10 hour prayer meeting. He goes, you know what? I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to pour heaps of water on it because that makes sense. And then he says, hey, God, would you just show everyone that you're God? And bang, fire from heaven comes down. And then James years and years, centuries later, writing to a church says, hey guys, you know Elijah, you remember him? Yeah, he was just a man like you and me. And when he prayed, this happened. And when he prayed, that happened. And so you can do that too. With a nature just like you and mine. With a nature just like yours and mine. So it tells me that when we pray, we need to probably pray a little bit bigger than what we're praying for. Like if, if Elijah can believe that God wants to pour down fire in heaven just to show off, and we're scared that, oh God, it's peak hour traffic and the shopping mall is going to be really busy. Can I get a par- car park that's like at least 50 meters close to the door, please? All good if you're busy. But, and meanwhile, God's like, I'd flip and heal cancer for you right now if you wanted. I, I'd heal your whole family. I'd bring all your extended family as well. I know you don't love them, but I do. Would you bring them all? Like, if you just prayed a little bit bigger. Some of you are going, hey, God, can you just make sure my business gets through this year? And God's going, I want your business to flourish. Right. I, want it to, I want you to franchise out. I want you to expand internationally. I want you, some of you are going, like, God, if you're even real, would you show me? And God's like, real? I'm about to blow your minds. But we're maybe not praying like Elijah. Come on. The Bible gives example after example of God coming through when people prayed. In fact, there's, I can't think or find an example where the Bible implies or shows that he didn't hear prayers and didn't move in response to them. Which tells me that we as a people need to move further forward in regards to praying and raise that standard again. We are called to be a praying people. The Holy Spirit lives in us and quickens us to pray. And we need to raise that standard in our lives. We need to understand that God is willing and able. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God of the humongous. He's the God of the everlasting. He's the God of the eternal. He was and is and is to come. And yet he's sitting in heaven going, if my people pray, I'd move heaven on their behalf. John 1, uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says this. Turn it up here. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. This is the confidence we have. That we know that He hears us and therefore if He hears us, we have whatever we ask for. Jesus Himself said, hey, if you pray anything in my name and you believe that you've received it, it's yours. Come on church, I want to fire you up tonight. 
to be a praying people. I know that you feel sometimes ashamed of your lack of prayer. Would you shake that off tonight? Would you just remind yourself that you're still called to be a praying person? Would you remind yourself tonight that you're still called to love God with all your might, with all your heart, with all that you have and pray and believe that He wants to do tremendous things in and through your life? I don't know where you stand tonight, but God wants to move on your behalf and He's just waiting for you to pray. The Bible and history is full of men and women who prayed outrageous prayers and saw God come through and surpass all expectations. Joshua saw the sun stand still. Elijah, fire from heaven. Elisha, Elisha just for kicks and giggles, just beat up a whole bunch of teenagers just because they called him bald. God answered that prayer. I'm just giving you permission to be ridiculous. I'm just giving you permission to go, you know what, God? I want to start a business. I've never done anything before like that, but I've just got this idea that you might be able to do something crazy. Um, Could I do this? And God goes, yeah, why not? Are you believing in faith? Are you praying in faith? John Wesley said, nothing, God does nothing except in response to prayer. Which, Which I just see this image of God just going, would you just say the word and I'll move. Come on, that situation, that circumstance, the call of God on your life, the purpose, the dreams in your heart, whatever it is, if you just begin to pray. Just, and, and listen, I wanna make it super practical for you as well. It doesn't have to be long-winded. Jesus already said, hey, you don't have to babble on, just, just be sincere. It doesn't have to be repetitious, but it should be consistent. In other words, it doesn't have to be God, heal me, God, heal me, God, heal me, God, heal me. But God, every day you wake up, God, I thank you that you've healed me. God, I thank you that you've made a way for my health. God, I thank you that you'll be glorified in every situation, no matter what. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your word promises that you turn every situation for my good and for your glory. So I pray that no matter what my health looks like on the external, I thank you on the internal, I'm made whole and you're, you're moving me into your future for my life. And that's it. God, I thank you that no matter what I do today, I pray that I bring you glory. I pray that no matter what happens and comes my way, God, that you'd use me. Holy Spirit, that you would use me. My prayer for us as a church is that we would be a body of Christ, a people of God that are known to be a people of prayer. That our first response, and and sometimes maybe our only response is, you know what, let's pray. And we don't have to hold our hands like that, but just seems to be the thing I keep doing. But God, let's pray. God, let's pray. God, please, let's pray. Like whatever it takes, whatever position we need to go into. And if you're in your bed and you're just lying there at night, God, I didn't pray much today, but I just thank you that you're here in my midst right now. That you're listening right now, even though I haven't really, I mean, I've just hopped out of the shower, my head's still a little bit wet, but hey, whatever. I thank you that you're here right now in my midst. I just pray to you right now. God, would you quicken my heart to pray bigger prayers? God, would you quicken my spirit to, to believe for bigger? Our first response in sickness, in trial, in challenge that we would pray. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.